Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege. I'm so grateful that you're connecting with us. Praise God. Today, we're going to start us into a new series called The Law of the Mind. Praise God. And we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. Praise God. Who'd have thought, right? Hallelujah. Romans 8, my favorite chapter in the whole book. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, and we are going to jump right into... Uh, let's say verse 5, 6, and 7, I believe is what we'll read here. And uh, let's go ahead and read it, praise the Lord. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, it fights against God, for it is not subject to the law of God or the principles of God, nor indeed can be. All right? So verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. Today we're going to talk about uh, the mind. We're going to talk about uh, aiming the mind in the right direction. Because it's really part of what Paul calls the law of the mind. In fact, chapter 7 and verse 23, he calls it the law of the mind. And what he's talking about in context is he, you kind of back up there and you kind of dive through all that. He's talking about how the flesh wars against the spirit and how, you know, you want to do the God thing, but then all of a sudden you end up doing the flesh route instead of doing what you should be doing. And you, sometimes that warfare that goes on there. Well, he's still really dealing with that and talking about that when he gets into chapter 8 here, talking about uh, that warfare that happens, that there you know, definitely is a, a flesh and spirit fight that goes on. And he says the thing that determines that is the mind. If you recall, we are a, a spirit being who possess a mind or a soul, okay, which in, involves the mind, will, and emotions, okay, and we live in a body. You're a three-part being. But the middle part there is the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, all the mental faculties kind of fits into that. And that determines really whether you're going to go a spirit route, you're going to go a flesh route, okay? Whether you're going to live according to the spirit or according to the flesh is going to be based on uh, the mind. In fact, it says set your mind. In fact, uh, let's define a little bit of that. Okay, I'm kind of just diving all, all in here. Uh, but anyway, it says those who live, or in other words, conduct life, live, talks about everything from action to even to behavior, okay, is what that refers to, lives according to the flesh. Uh, they set their minds on the flesh. Just define the word set the mind first, what that means. The word uh, means to aim one's affection or attention upon, okay, to aim one's mind, okay, aim one's affection, their attention. It refers to the exercise, the entertain, or to entertain or to interest the mind. So when we're talking about aiming the, your attention or your affection, it means you're exercising, entertaining, or interesting the mind in one thing or another, and now that begins to pull you in a direction. The word also mindful is another word that comes up that also fits in this to set the mind, refers to being mindful of something. Okay, now the idea, the reason I bring that up is because it determines the direction. Attention determines direction, always, okay? This really is the law of the mind, okay? This is what it's about. 
And this is what Paul's trying to bring out, is that your attention, where you give your attention, determines a direction, how you're going to live. Now, in this text here, he talks about whether you're going to live according to the flesh or according to the spirit. So let's define that a little bit, okay? Because if you're going to give your attention toward, uh, you know, one way, it determines whether you're going to live according to that or this, okay? So flesh or spirit, all right? So when it says according to the flesh, it means it really comes down to human nature. In other words, you're going to live according to human nature. Now, a lot of times when we hear the word flesh, most of the time our mind goes to, you know, more immorality, carnality, that kind of thing, which doesn't exclude that. We're just saying that a lot of times that's where your mind runs. But when he's talking about the human nature here, now, this, now hear, hear this, okay, because this is going to really come up in the course of this series quite a bit, okay? Human nature is not just in moral depravity, corruptness, or immorality, okay? Not just in that. Now, it does include that. But not just that, okay? It, but it also refers to its tendencies. In other words, the normal human uh, nature is its tendencies to lean on its own strength, its own power, or its own natural abilities. So when he's talking about living according to the flesh, he's not just saying that you're living carnal or living immoral, okay? Okay, he's talking about you're doing everything now according to your abilities, according to your strength, your power. Okay, and not his. Whereas according to the Spirit, okay, now hang on to all this because this is stuff that through this whole series, this becomes very important. According to the Spirit, it's talking about a God nature. According to the flesh, is a human nature. According to the, the Spirit, it's talking about a God nature or a divine nature, okay, but it refers to living by the air, the wind, or the breath of God, okay. The word spirit is the word pneuma, which means wind, breath, spirit, okay, or, um, or uh, air, okay, a breath of air or current of air, okay, that kind of a thing. So he's talking about the difference between according to the flesh and according to the spirit is whether you're going to live according to your own abilities, your own strength, your own might, or according to God's strength, God's might. God's abilities, okay? In other words, am I letting God breathe into me every day? See, if I put my mind set on the right things, I'm allowing God now to breathe something into me, amen, that now I'm going to conduct life, live life according to His Spirit, according to that Spirit, all right? Now, if I'm going to set my mind on all just natural, carnal things, what happens now, I'm going to start living according to that because that's now what's feeding me or where I'm giving my attention to, amen, my mind to, uh, given my attention to, all right, uh, what else was that uh, defined, uh, refers to, to interest, entertain, or exercise. Whatever I exercise, entertain, or interest my mind on now determines, okay, how I'm going to conduct life. All right, so a lot of definition there, but let's go back now and look at this again. In verse 5 again, it says, for those who live now, in other words, conduct life, live life, or be, how they behave, all that kind of stuff, is according to the flesh. If they do it, it's because they set their mind on the things of the flesh. Okay, so obviously natural things, again, he's talking about just natural things here. And in fact, we're going to get a couple other references that are going to show you that same thing. Okay, so uh, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of flesh. Those who live, conduct life according to the Spirit, amen, they set their minds on the things of of the Spirit. Now, of course, we're going to define some of that here as we, as we get through this today. Uh, for to be now, it says, carnally minded, okay? 
carnally minded. Okay, so uh, in other words, fleshly minded, uh, earthly minded. That's what he's talking about. That word there is dealing with, uh, again, you're just down here living just everything now based on how you're seeing things, conducting life right here. If we're going to live carnally minded, it says then, uh, for to be carnally minded is death, okay, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, the reason that's important is because we're going to live life according to where we set our mind. Well, what that means, see, is that really it comes down to this. You're going to put yourself on one road or another, okay? You're going to put yourself on a road of life and peace, or you're going to put yourself on a road of, of, of death, which that word death actually is a word that means ruin, uh, destruction, corruption, okay, which obviously uh, doesn't end good, okay? Whereas the word of life and peace, there's two words there, life being zoe life, which means absolute life. Jesus called it abundant life. Paul called it the life of God. Okay, is how that's referred to. And then the word peace, okay, which the Greek word uh, irene, okay, uh, which is a word that means rest or harmony, speaks of things as much as like prosperity, wholeness, but it always means to be set at one again. Okay, set at one. In other words, it brings everything into divine order. So in other words, if we're going to live, if we're going to set our mind on things above, or in this text here it says on the things of the Spirit, Amen. Then that means we're going to live according to that spirit, which means we get on a road of life and peace, which now it's going to end good. But if we set our mind on things of this natural realm, things of the flesh, okay, uh, carnal thing, carnal, natural, low-level type thinking, okay, what happens is we puts, put, puts us on a road of death, ruin, destruction, corruptness, okay, which does not end good. And that's why it says now you live according to that, which is according to the flesh. Well, I hope that made sense because this is really where we're going with all of this. Amen. Now, um, so two roads, okay, where we set our minds is going to determine how we navigate through this life. In other words, what road you're going to get on, and it's going to determine where you're going to end up, okay? Remember, attention determines direction always, okay? And it comes down, it's that simple. Amen. Where you're going to set your mind is going to determine where you're going to head to, what road you're going to get on, how this thing's going to end up. Isn't that amazing? Just where you set your mind. Amen. That's why there's certain things, the word's so clear, you know, you're going to have to take every thought captive. You can't just let your mind run anywhere. Amen. Because when you do that, amen, it's going to determine how you're going to, uh, how you're going to act, how you're going to behave, how you're going to, uh, you know, your mindsets, all that's going to be based on that. All right. Now, again, I kind of jumped way out there, just kind of shotgun right there, everything right at the front here. So basically everything now is kind of bringing us down that, uh, you know, that kind of understanding. All right. The word uh, verse seven now of this same text here, Romans eight, it just says, because it says the carnal mind. Now, get this. He said, because in other words, uh, to be carnal mind is death, to be spiritual mind is life and peace because why? Well, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Literally means to fight against, to war against. When our mind is down here, when all we're thinking about just natural things, it wars against God. God's trying to get us to think up here, start putting our attention on Him, so that way He can begin to get you on the road of life and peace where things can turn out right for you, the way the Word of God says it should turn out. Now, if we're just going to live down here, we're just going to think down here, you've you got to understand, He says, that fights against Him. So He's trying now to get you on a road of life and peace, and you keep determined to get yourself on the road of death, of ruin, destruction, and, and, and corruption, and decay, if that's where you want to live, see, now it fights against him. And you're saying, okay, I want, I want the results that the Word says I can have. I want the benefits that this Word promises, okay, but I also want to continue to think how I want to think and, 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 
you know, you know, aim my attention to the things I want to aim my attention on. It just, it just didn't work that way. If you want to have the results that God promises, then you're going to have to walk according to the principle that he sets out or sets in motion for us, and that is the law of the mind. In other words, you're going to have to take your attention, aim your mind in the right direction. Amen. Put your attention on things above. Uh, you know, put your attention on things of the Spirit. Amen. And if you will do that, then you can get the results that God says you can have, praise God, which is always beneficial, praise God. Believe me, it's just better to do that. All right. But it says, the carnal mind, I'm at verse 7 again, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Why? Because it cannot be subject, okay, to the law of God or the principles of God, the rule or the way God designed it, okay, this law of the mind, okay. So there's laws and principles that God sets up, and he says, that if your mind is set on lower things, then it's not subject to the principles and the laws that God has designed for you, all right? So what happens is, okay, it says that, you know, now it's, it's working against you instead of for you. This word here is not subject to, uh, the word uh, subject actually means reflex to obey. In other words, um, so if uh, what it's bringing out is then, if our mind is down here, then now it's fighting against God. And every time God's trying to lead you in a direction to do something, do this, do that, say this, say that, whatever, you're missing it. Now you're not able to, uh, to you know, no, there's no reflex to obey. So what happens now, you just kind of continue to go down this road of, of, of ruin and destruction instead of this road of life and peace. But when you set your mind on things above, now God can begin to talk to you and, and, and lead you and guide you in a way Amen. That keeps you on the right road. Amen. And now you're, you're reflex to obey. So you're more subject now to what he has for you. And you're more apt to see the benefits and the fruit of that. Praise God. Pretty simple. Uh, but it just come down to where you set your mind. Let's look at another reference here. We're going to go to Colossians uh, chapter 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. Obviously a, a common text when we start talking about this. Today, as I said, we're just kind of kind of bring out the basic principle of this, and uh, then as we kind of move into the series, we'll kind of get a little bit more in depth in certain areas. Uh, but chapter three, verse one and two. Let's go ahead and read it. it just says, "For then uh, you, uh, or pardon me, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, and not on things." Of the earth it makes it pretty plain. If you if you know Christ, if you receive Christ, which I believe pretty pretty much everybody I'm talking to probably has. All right. So he says, if that's the case, then then set your mind on things above. Okay. If you if you receive Christ, well, it doesn't stop there. It didn't stop just because you said, okay, I receive you, uh, Lord Jesus, into my life. I confess you as Lord and believe in my heart that you've been raised from the dead. I mean, it didn't. You know, it it, it might be how it all begins and starts, but it, it doesn't stop there. So now we have to say, okay in order for this thing, this life to work, is I've got to continue to set my attention, aim my mind on things above, not on things of this earth. It means now I have to, everything I have to do now is begin to de determine where this mind is going to be set, where I'm going to aim it, what I'm going to interest the mind on and, and exercise the mind with, okay? Am I going to set the mind on things above or am I going to set my mind on things beneath, things of this earth, things of this natural realm all the time? Now, God's not excluding the fact that you live on, you know, on planet Earth here and that, you know, you, you, know, you have to conduct life. You've got family. You've got jobs. You've got business. You've got activities. You've got, uh, you know, 
you know, just things that go on every day. He's not, he's not negating that, okay? He understands that. But if you want things to work right and you want to see the benefits that God offers, then you have to purpose in yourself, amen, to always set your mind on things above. Aim your mind on higher things. And that doesn't mean that you know everything. It just means you're setting your mind toward the one that does know everything. And that's what you're doing. And if you really stop and think about it, that's all he's asking of us. Set your mind up here where, I, where I'm at. Amen. Put your attention on me and let me help you with the rest of it. Amen. All the stuff that you have to do on planet Earth, amen, can be done a whole lot easier when you set your mind on things above. It's just the facts. He, he walks you through everything. Okay, how to parent better, how to how to, you know, uh, you know, stay married, how to uh, how to do your job right and how to, uh, you know, do business, uh, uh, you know, affairs, things that you got to do in everyday living. Amen. Shows you how to do it, how to take care of your body, how to how to do things right. So everything. uh, So you do live long and prosper, as the word says that you can praise God. Amen. That you can function. Amen. The way you're supposed to function and not strain and struggle at everything. A lot of Christians strain and struggle at stuff, and they have no business doing that. Amen. Because it's set up and designed that if you will set your mind on things above, he'll walk you through these things. Amen. So it isn't such a strain, a struggle, and a stress. Uh, a lot of stress. There's a lot of needful, or pardon me, a lot of needless stress out there uh, that just needs to go because if you set your mind on things above, it, there's no stressing. There's no, there's no uh, you know, anxiety. Okay. It doesn't. A lot of that stuff just goes by the wayside if you just set your attention on him. Amen. Now, again, I'm, I'm kind of, again, just kind of spraying everything out there right now. Uh, but this is how this thing works. So, again, verse 2 says, set your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Put, set your mind, right, on things above. Okay, not on things of this earth. So let's define that just a little bit. Okay, the word set we talked about earlier. Okay, it just means, again, to aim one's affection or attention toward. But he says uh, above. Okay, which means upward. Okay, so makes sense, right? Uh, on the top, higher thoughts, spirit things it means also God things or God thoughts. Okay, so set your attention up on the God things, right? Um, it goes on uh, then things of this earth. It's just talking about things of the natural realm, uh, where it's always about uh, you know uh, natural abilities. Uh, think now, remember everything is determining whether you're going to live according to flesh or according to spirit. According to your own abilities, strength, uh, you know, your own might, or whether we're talking about living according to how God designed it, according to His strength, His power, His might, praise God, His abilities. Are you hearing this? Praise the Lord. Okay, so set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Now, actually, Colossians, um, yeah, maybe it's a good time I could bring it out. I guess Colossians, you know, talks about both sides of this. Um, you know, where how you live and how you can, you know, where you set your mind is going to determine what you're going to live by. Um, you know, for chapter one of Colossians talks about, uh, you know, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is, I think, Colossians 1, 9 and 10. Okay, he says, you know, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And it goes on that you may walk a walk that's worthy of him, fully pleasing to him and fruitful in every good work. Now, we're talking about, see, again, you know, it's about setting your mind on things above. So now all of a sudden you're walking by his wisdom and not by the wisdom of men. Okay, Colossians 2, a verse that we used even in one of our last series, okay, quite a bit. It says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophies and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Now that's Colossians 2.8. Now, okay, bottom line, you can set your mind on all that, okay, and we know the result of that ain't going to be good, okay, because everything, every bit of that wars against, what, what Christ is, you know, has trying to teach or, or bring into your life. Amen. 
Now, the bottom line I'm just trying to bring out is there's two ways of, of looking at stuff. Even in Matthew uh, 16, Jesus makes it real clear, okay, he makes a statement to Peter. He actually rebukes Peter, um, and he, he says that, you know, you, you, you do not have your mind, uh, you, you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of men. Okay, this is uh, 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 Matthew 16, I believe it's verse 23. And uh, uh, the whole thing in context, when you look at everything in context, the whole thing starts with a story of, uh, Jesus said, who, you, know, you know, what's the talk out there? Who, who do men say that I am, right? And so what happens, okay, uh, you know, the disciples say, well, you know, you're the Christ, the Son of a living God. In fact, Peter's the one that kind of is the one that really spoke it out. And so he gets the, he gets the pat on the back. He did right. But then the Lord begins to talk about the price that he's going to have to pay, okay, and there's going to be a death, a burial, there's going to be a resurrection. You know, he's going to be raised up on the third day. And, and Peter, again, pipes up and says, you know, we're not going to let that happen to you. Well, okay, it sound, sound you know, honorable and admirable, amen, um, because, you know, he's just saying, you know, we don't want nothing, no evil to come to you. We're going to stand here. We're going to, we'll fight to the death, you know. And he even said that one place, we're, we'll, we'll die for you. We don't, we don't, we don't have no problem with that. We're, we're here, man. We're, we're in this together kind of thing. And it sounds good, but the problem was he's thinking down here, see, Peter's thinking down here, and that's when Jesus rebuked him and he said, get behind me, Satan. He said, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So the point is being is, see, Jesus got done telling you what he's going to have to do. That's words, God thoughts. That's what, that's what he's going to have to do. See, that's the will of God. So, so Jesus declared that, but Peter wouldn't accept that. Instead, he comes down here and he's thinking down here, you know what, we're not going to let, he's thinking about everything in their own ability, their own strength. See, that's what he's talking about. So it's so easy, that's my point, it's so easy to set your mind on the traditions of men, the, uh, you know, to put your mind on um, uh, the philosophies and the, uh, you know, the uh, basic principles of the world because this is where we live. So pretty soon you hear it, people talk and say, and pretty soon it ain't long and you're living down here, don't even realize it. You're entertaining your, your thoughts right here, you're living right here instead of bringing your thoughts up here where you belong, Okay. And he said, listen, I have to go, I have to do this, I have to pay the price, and on the third day I'll be raised again. That's all, that's all God thoughts because that's what God intended. Amen. That was his purpose. So man didn't, you know, set their mind on that. Just, you know, Peter could have just said, you know what, I don't understand what you're talking about yet, but, but keep talking it and I'll get it, you know. But instead he said, no, we're not going to let that happen. Uh, instead we're going to stand in the way of that and we're going we're to make sure that never happens. And so that's why he got rebuked. Anyway, again, a lot said in a short time, but... The bottom line is this, it's so easy to let your mind come down here, to set your mind on earthly things, on natural things, and pretty soon you're living according to the flesh. You're living now more by your own abilities, your own strength, your own might, and it turns into actions and behaviors and sometimes things that you wish you, know, you wouldn't do or say or think or whatever, but that's how it all happens, all based on where you end entertain your mind or aim your mind, all right? The law of the mind, where you set your mind, determines the direction. Attention determines direction. The law of the mind is how it is, all right? Let's look at another couple of references. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'll bring a couple out of the old covenant before I let you go here. So let's do Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Hope you're hearing this, child of God. Hallelujah. Today, just basic uh, just bringing out the, the principle of the law of the mind, all right? Verse, um, chapter 26 of Isaiah, verse 3, and it says, You will keep him in 
perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. In other words, their mind is set on you because, why? Why do you set your mind on it? Because he trusts in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why we set our mind on God. Why? We trust him more than we trust anything in this natural realm. Amen. That's why we set our mind. But it says that you will keep him in perfect peace. Actually, the word here, Hebrew, uh, is the word shalom. And actually where it says perfect peace is actually shalom, shalom is what's said in the Hebrew. All right. Again, the word peace means pretty much the same thing as it did as Irene in uh, the New Covenant, uh, the word peace there. But it actually brings out a little bit more, not only set in order, completeness and wholeness, harmony uh, to restore, uh, but it also means the rule of order in the place of chaos. The rule of order in the place of chaos. It kind of adds that little twist to it. I thought that was pretty interesting. Amen. So in other words, wherever there might be chaos, he's going to bring peace in on the scene. And that kind of explains when, you, when Jesus spoke to the, the wind and he said, peace be still. Amen. Uh, you know, when he, when he spoke to that, amen, what happened, it, there became, you know, the, all that chaos now became calm. So it was, a, it was a, a mega storm, a mega wind that now became a mega calm, okay? Okay, that word great we, in our English, but actually it's where we get our word mega out of the, out of the Greek. But the bottom line is it's, it, that just kind of shows you now when peace is on the scene, there's now, no matter what kind of chaos might be out there, it brings everything into a divine order. It also defines that word, again, as it does in the New Covenant word, amen, the, um, not only the rule of order in the place of chaos, but also to set at one again. In other words, bring everything back into divine order. And get this, too. It also means everything that makes for man's highest good. Amen. So he will keep you in Shalom, shalom, or perfect peace, amen, if you will set your mind on things above, amen. Set your mind on Him. Why? Because you trust Him. So you set your mind on Him, and when He does, it brings everything into divine order. You think about all the chaos that, here, that is here on planet Earth, and it's so easy to set your mind on all this mess, all right, instead of putting your mind up here where it belongs. So what happens is now you trying to fix everything down here, all this chaos, all this stuff that's out of order, all this stuff that's, you know, become, you know, an upheaval or some kind of uh, mess that you're dealing with, some kind of storm in life or some kind of a, uh, you know, awful situation or whatever it may be, or just life in general sometimes can be a weighty thing. But he says, listen, if you will set your mind on things above, he says, I'll make you, I'll bring you into a place of shalom, shalom, or perfect peace, amen. And I'll bring everything into divine order, bring uh, everything, praise God, all that chaos now will be dismissed, praise God, and we'll bring you into a place that for your own, your highest good, amen, if you will just set your mind on things above. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's look at another one, praise God. We'll go to Joshua, chapter 1, please. And this, of course, is the word of the Lord to Joshua as he was being commissioned now to move forward. And uh, to finish what Moses had already started, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Uh, the word, uh, verse 8, now again, this whole chapter 1 here, a lot of this is what God spoke to, to Joshua, okay, after Moses departed. All right, verse 8 says, the book of the law, and it was the word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall, here we go, meditate in it day and night, all right, meditate in it, in other words, set your mind 
That word there means to revolve before the mind's eye. To, and literally is another word for to set your mind on something, to entertain your mind on the right thing. Meditate on what? On what he says. That's what he's saying here. Meditate on what I say day and night. And what that word day and night is not referring to the, the daylight and no light. He's talking about in the good times and the bad times. Okay, in the highs and the lows of life. Always keep your mind stayed on what he says. If you will keep your mind stayed on what he says, in other words, the God thoughts means you're keeping your mind stayed on things above. Amen. That's all it's saying. He said, Joshua, if you want this thing to work, if you want this thing to happen, you're going to have to keep your mind stayed on what I'm saying to you. Amen. Keep your mind on me. All right. And what I'm declaring, what I'm speaking. He says, and then. He says, and then you'll be able to observe according to all that's written in it. Amen. In other words, you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to live according to it if you set your mind on it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That's quite a verse. That's Joshua 1.8. Praise God. He says, if you will do these things, you'll start living according to it. Praise God. And then you will make your way. I love this. Make your way prosperous. That means you'll stay productive. You'll continue to push forward, break out profitable, or be, uh, talks about profitability. Amen. Amen. Favorable, uh, gainful, fruitful. That's what that word means. And then you will have good success. Now that word success means having the desired effect. Now that brings you all the way back, amen, to what we were talking about in the beginning. Praise God. Romans 8. Is what it's talking about. If you will set your mind, amen, on things above, you will set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Now you start living according to the Spirit, amen. Now you're on the road of life and peace, which now takes you, amen, toward the desired results, okay? All these are saying the same exact thing, okay? And if you will keep your mind stayed on Him, now you're living according to that, your actions, your behaviors, your words, everything, amen, starts going down that same road. Now, all of a sudden, you're living on life and peace, uh, you know, life and peace avenue, we could say, amen, that takes you toward the destiny you're called to, that takes you toward the desired results, whatever it is that we're talking about, amen, it brings everything into divine order, causes all the chaos to, to be pushed aside, praise God, brings everything that's for your own, your highest good, begins to manifest on your behalf, all because of the law of the mind because you're setting your mind on things above. You're setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. You're setting your mind on the God thoughts, the God words. Amen. You're setting your mind, praise God, on higher things. And if you will do that, praise God, now you begin to live life according to that. Amen. All because you've aimed your attention, amen, toward God. And if you will do that, I guarantee you the results are far greater, far better, praise God. Everything, hallelujah, that God's word promises begins to manifest in your life, praise God. That no matter what you're experiencing right now, whatever kind of chaos that might be going on around you, if you will set your mind on things above, I guarantee you that chaos begins to subside. All of a sudden, you're now being led and directed in a way that causes you to walk in victory and success and overcome, praise God, the way you're supposed to. And for that, hallelujah, we give God all the praise. Amen. Isn't that a good thing to learn, praise God, and get a hold of? Hallelujah. I hope you got something today. Again, we're going to kind of every week begin to dive in this a little bit deeper, praise God, and show you the importance 
of the law of the mind and getting that law to work for you and not against you. Praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory. Thankful for your word. Thankful for these principles today. Thankful for the law of the mind and the revelation of it. Praise God. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.